0: Elder P, P Nate, Wetsy, dials and stuff, all together in Garage Mahal. This is my happy place, Nate.
1: This is a very happy place. We're happy to be back recording. And I don't know, it's just nice being here. I, I feel agree. like I feel like all the demands of the schedule and the emails that are piling up and the people who I'm seeing next week and the week after, and it all kind of goes away in Garage Mahal.
0: I agree. This is also where I'm going to flee when the government comes to seize us. So...
1: But I think you've said that enough on the recordings that go out into the interwebs <laughs> that they will find you here. <laughs> no, but nobody knows where
0: the Garage Mahal is. Um, yeah, let's. but I feel
1: like, I mean, we're here with our phones. Like, they can find us. Yeah. Let's be I, honest.
0: I'm fairly confident they have lists of all the people out there. Oh, Again, absolutely. I'm like, I'm far down that list. Like, I'm fairly confident I'm a nobody. So, like, but people who are like, oh, they're listening, are listening like. The thing it is is that we're,
1: we, we're friends enough with more important people higher up the list that I'm like, I'm sure I'll hear, you know, that Jacob was taken and that'll give me I, enough I'm, time for us th- to get yeah, away. That's right. That's, that's what I'm it. hoping with you. <laughs> 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 Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I figured Jacob and Aaron are higher up on that list. And so once I hear that they've been taken, uh, it gives me enough leeway to get my fares in order.
0: Yeah. It's like, it's like when the, when the Germans were waiting for were listening to the cities that were being sacked, I don't know why we're the Nazis in this situation, but. Because Paris according and, to the. Paris We are the uh, Berlin. Like, it's like, Oh, Berlin is next. So as long like when boot goes down, I'll start to, I'll start yeah, to think about it, worry. Like, yeah, that's right. Um,
1: so. Oh man. Well, we are the rebels and this is the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. And we would encourage you to uh, get out there. I mean, I, I don't know if there are any tickets left, but uh, if you're at the conference next week, come see us, come find us. And uh, that's all I got to say about that. That'll be great fun. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing some of the guys on the network that I haven't actually met before. Um, I, like some of the uh, the podcast guys. And yeah,
0: I didn't even realize they would be there. I have no idea what to expect of this conference. I'm just very excited to go. Yeah. Like,
1: I've never even been to the Ark though. So like even nearby. just being at the Ark will be exciting. I'll, I'll be there with the kids and the kids are looking forward to it and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of nice okay. that you get, we get I, to travel with our families.
0: I heard you have like an Airbnb that's like in a log, log cabin in the woods or something.
1: Mm, yes. Yes. Yeah. It'd be a fun little adventure for the family. So we booked the Airbnb and then the person actually got back to us and was just like, hey, if you want to come a day or two before, just so you know, I don't have any bookings before. So it's your, So we were going to go down on the Wednesday. We're actually going to go down on the Tuesday now so we get there a day before. It'll be fun. That'd be great. Fun little family vacay. So, well, a couple of weeks ago, we had our Men of Valor conference. Last week, we debriefed the conference a little bit. There's been a lot of fruit that's come out of this. And I would say that one of the things that's been really encouraging to see is both people who have reached out to us on the podcast, people that we know through the church, people who are at the conference, who the day of, we have a lot of people who just came up to us and, and like, this was the conference that God used and some of the teaching and the accountability and the relationships that have been born out of that, that God has used to unentangle some men from pornography. Mm. And so we just wanted to take an episode and talk about that several weeks ago i guess we shared a story a listener emailed us and gave us permission without his name or anything to talk about how god had been using the podcast a little bit and uh, to convict him of his pornography sin and use and habit and so anyway we just think this is a massive thing and i think you know we all know that pornography is a bad thing but i think a lot of times we don't always think about how rampant it is in the church so anyway, all that to say, we're going to take an episode, and this episode is going to be called Kill the Dragon. And the idea here is slay that dragon of pornography. Kill the lust in your life. And so we, we want to talk through just kind of practically. Chris does the youth ministry at the church, and obviously we're both involved in pastoral care, pastoral ministry. And so we've coached a lot of guys through this. And so we just kind of want to talk through what's required in terms of how do you overcome pornography?
0: Yeah, I would say the first thing... Sounds super cliche. Like, first thing is you have to admit that it's a bigger problem than you think it is. Yeah. Like, and so, you know, the first couple of times I tried to walk somebody through this problem, I didn't realize just the level of grip that it has on people. Yeah. It was kind of just like, well, just get rid of your computer. You know what I mean? Like, and like thinking that was going to solve the issue, but like, and then you'd be like, well, did you, how'd you do this week? But like, well, my phone I'd be like, oh, I'll well, get rid of that too. And it's like, you have to admit it's a much bigger problem. And the problem is that it's a heart condition. You know yeah. mean? Like it's, it's an issue in the heart. Like it's obviously sinful, but like so many decisions have to happen before you log on to a computer or however you're doing it to even get to the point where you're yeah. doing the act. Like many sins have happened to get you to that point. And so like, you got to kind of peel back the layers and that only happens if the people who are coming for help are coming because they desire to kill the dragon and not just they were caught and this is how they appease their wife.
1: And okay, so that's a huge starting point. So there's one thing I want to say, and then I'm going to come right back to that point um, where you, you said that this is a really hard habit, sin to break. But I want our listeners to understand why. It's actually by God's design And the reason is, is because God gave you a sex drive that is to be fulfilled in monogamous, lifelong marriage. And because you are meant to be fulfilled and satisfied with your wife, and the marriage bed is at the center of the family, which is God's rescue plan for the world, right? Families are God's rescue plan for the world. And at the center of every marriage is the marriage bed, which scripture tells us is to be honored by all. So the reason pornography is hard to break is because that sexual habit is meant to be cultivated in enjoying, as Proverbs 5 says, enjoying the wife of your youth, letting her breasts satisfy you always, all that kind of stuff. That's what marriage is for, And so, because God meant for marriage to be a lifelong union, the habit of being satisfied by your wife and satisfying your wife is meant to be at the center of this lifelong oneness union. So, therefore, when you get into habits that are sexual, they're very hard to break because sexual habits are meant to be lifelong things. Yeah. So, that's one thing that I don't think enough people understand. But then you said it, and you cannot be motivated. You will never conquer your pornography sin because you got caught and you're doing this to kind of satisfy your wife you have to hate this sin you have to hate this dragon if you're going to actually fight it and i think there are a lot of guys who think that they hate pornography but what they really hate is the guilt associated with pornography they hate feeling guilty for it but they don't actually hate it I think it's in uh, The Great Divorce. you read The Great Divorce, right? You know that scene where there's the person and they have the lizard on their shoulder that's like whispering and telling them to do terrible things. And the guy sees an angel and the angel asks whether or not he wants him to silence the lizard. And the guy says, yes, Absolutely. And so the angel reaches out to kill the lizard and the guy like screeches and he basically says like, well, what are you doing? And he's like, you wanted me to silence it. And he says, I didn't know that that meant to kill it. And He says, that's the only way to silence it. And they get into this long thing where the angel is convincing the guy like today's the day of your decision. This is the only way to do it. Do you actually want to? And he says, well, what if killing the lizard kills me? And the angel basically says, what if he does? And the guy had to get to the point where he says it would be better to die and be free of this than to live and continue to be entangled by it. I think men actually have to cultivate a hatred for pornography to know this is a soul-destroying habit. This is a sin that doesn't just drag your soul to hell. This is a sin that allows demons and dark things into your home and will wreak havoc on your entire family. Yeah.
0: And it perverts everything. Like all the relationships that are blessings to us, it perverts. So like, we'll just go through a couple of them. You mentioned the marriage, bed. it perverts
1: the marriage bed that,
0: Absolutely. that, that completely. Cause you're no longer being satisfied by your wife. You're finding enjoyment. And let's be honest, like the marriage bed is different than what you're watching on those little screens. It's even perverting the act itself. Then there's, you may be a father or one day will be a father, and many of these people that you're watching are the ages of some of your teenage girls or will be. Yeah. And it's like, well, like there's a perversion that happens in your brain. Cause like, how do you turn off? I'm fine with it on this little screen, but then my daughter is brought over her. And it's like, and so like, there's a, there's a weird danger. And I, I would say like pornography, I think is one of the reasons that we see so much more prevalent pedophilia and things like that in yep. our culture is because it's an easy switch to flip. And I'm not saying everybody who watches porn becomes a pe- like or anything like that, but it's like... But well, there is an
1: escalation. Romans 1 is very abso- clear absolutely. that there's, a, there's an escalation to rebellion against God. Yeah. And when God gives them up to their debased mind, it manifests through sexual sin. Like sexual sin is a result of God's judgment and giving them over. And I, I agree with you that like one of two things is going to happen. Let's just say there's a guy who's our age, right? So we're 40-ish, give or take. Chris, give, you know, me take. Which means that you could have kids who are anywhere between 10 and 20 years old. Let's just say you have a 15-year-old daughter. Most of the girls that you're watching in pornography are between the ages of 15 and 20. And so they are your daughter's age. And so one of two things is going to happen because you're perverting your mind with what you're watching. One of two things is going to happen. Either you're going to think sick thoughts about your own daughter and your own daughter is going to cause you to lust after her, which is just an abhorrent sin. Or in order to save yourself from lusting after your own daughter, you're going to actually withdraw from her. You're not going to be able to show her the love and affection in terms of a hug, in terms of, of you know watching a movie with your arm around her, letting her you know cuddle into her father and not allowing her to receive from her father the kind of affection that she needs.
0: Which will lead her into probably seeking that affection from other men and and things like that, which then puts her in the trap to continue getting that satisfaction. She gives up more and more of what she shouldn't be giving up before marriage. That's right. And then all of a sudden she's got a tragic story. Where I'm going with all this is that I just don't think men understand the ramifications of as the patriarch of the home, your sin affects everybody else in, in the home. And some of them are very obvious. Obviously, you're bad financially. Food doesn't get put on the table. Very obvious. But men don't—I don't think they link that to secret porn. Pornson does still have real-life ramifications that they don't necessarily understand.
1: You're exactly right, because I think that I think that men tell themselves this isn't hurting anybody. Yeah, it's just so, me. Right. Like, so so we've already talked about how it hurts your marriage bed, which obviously hurts your wife. We've talked about the daughter. Let's talk a little bit more about the wife, and then I actually want to talk about the people in the videos. So your wife, part of what a sexual union between a husband and wife is supposed to do is actually to help mold and shape you into the men and the women that you are supposed to be. And I don't just use that as a sort of like shape you into the people. No, no. Regular sexual union between a husband and a wife actually creates testosterone which actually helps you be more assertive, more masculine. It helps you have a higher pain threshold, it helps you work harder, helps you work longer, all that kind of stuff. This is what testosterone does. It actually does stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting, actually, if you even look at like secular studies, that men who regularly masturbate to porn actually have lower testosterone levels. And yet, men who have frequent, and satisfying sex with their wives in a monogamous relationship have increased testosterone. From a materialistic mindset, that makes no sense, right? It's the same sort of thing. You are looking at a woman who arouses you, and then you ejaculate. And yet God, who created all of this, has created us in such a way that pornography actually drains testosterone and regular intimacy with your wife increases testosterone. Same thing, regular frequent intimacy in marriage increases a woman's estrogen, which actually helps her to be more patient, more calm, more um, secure, more maternal, more internal focused. All of these kinds of things come from what estrogen does for you, makes women more sympathetic, more compassionate, all the, those kinds of things. So I just say that to say literally frequent, regular sex within marriage makes men more like men and women more like women.
0: So then the reverse is true. So the more you masturbate to porn, you become more like a female. And exactly. your wife then becomes more, more like a male. And what do we see in our culture? We exactly. see women trying to be men and men who are acting like Wizards. Exactly.
1: And and so one of the ways that you can number one become the kind of man that, that your wife is happy to be married to is by kicking the porn habit. But the other thing is is like remember how hard it is for a woman in the culture that we live in now, in terms of like everything is sexualized, everything is young, everything is tight, everything is surgically cut and tucked and whatever. And so husbands who pursue their wives and make their wives feel beautiful are actually helping their wives combat the insecurity that would paralyze them and make them not fit mothers, not fit, you know. And so you're harming your wife by engaging in pornography because you're lying to her about what beauty is. And you are depriving her of all the things that regular pursual of a man who loves you is meant to give to her. So it harms you, it harms your wife, it harms your kids. And then the other people that harms is the people in the videos. And I'm not saying that they're not responsible for their own actions, but there's all kinds of trafficking. There's all kinds of people forced into this stuff and, and dependent on drugs and all that kind of stuff. But just remember that every single person on that screen is someone's daughter, someone's sister, someone's mother, someone's, you know, whatever. And so you are forcing someone to fornicate for your pleasure, you are exasperating this entire industry, which is, you know, pushing drugs and trafficking and all kinds of stuff.
0: You're also engaging in homosexuality. So let me explain this. I stole this from somebody, I can't remember who, but like men make the videos that gratify you if you watch porn. So like you're being gratified by men in that situation because they're the ones who produce the videos. So like get that thought burned into your brain that every time you watch that, like (laughs) you're letting another man pleasure you. That's disgusting. Uh, Revolting. Well well done. Well done. But like, we have to hate the sin. That's right. So like, let's call it like, let's call it all the things that the things that it its is you're letting another man pleasure you.
1: Here's the other thing. You're also fueling abortion.
0: 100% you are.
1: So when you think through the amount of carefree sex, the abortion industry is kept aloft by the free sex that porn offers not to mention right the abortions that are actually done by porn stars who condoms break or or whatever the case is fashions, morning after pills all that kind of stuff you got to think like you are contributing to the genocide of our youth for the cost of orgasms at the end of the day you are sacrificing children for your orgasms that's what pornography is doing to you hate the sin (laughs) like hate the dragon right so When you think about all of this stuff, men, you have to get it through your head that this is a destructive force that is wreaking havoc on homes, marriages, families, churches, and culture. It is contributing to the genocide of children in the womb. This is heinous. And every single time you open up your browser and go to private viewing mode or whatever it is, you are contributing to this. Amen. Hate the sin. Hate it enough to put it to death. So that's number one. you got to hate the sin and hate it. Don't just hate the guilt associated with it. Hate it. Once you hate it enough, you know, the thing that comes to my mind is Jesus, when he's on the Sermon of the mountain. he's talking about if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out, right? If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. And obviously Jesus isn't actually advocating for mutilation, but what I think he's trying to say is that without an eye, without a hand, you look deformed, you look unrespectable. I think sometimes men won't do the drastic thing that they need to do in order to overcome the habit simply to look respectable. Right. So not having data on your phone is inconvenient in our culture to be able to explain that. Well, why don't you? Oh, hey, can you pull up uh, directions to whatever? I don't have data on my phone. Oh, why don't you have data on your phone? Right. We don't want to be asked that question. We don't want to admit that we have this. So like in order to look presentable, right, we want to keep both our eyes and keep both our hands. But Jesus comes along and he says, cut it off, pluck it out. And the reality is, and this is what I want to say, because some people would just be like, oh, you know, the internet can be used for good and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Just like eyes and hands are good parts of creation that God gave to us. But if they're used for evil, Jesus is essentially saying, in order to save you from the soul-destroying sin, it's better to go to heaven without the hand than it is to go to hell with it. And the idea here is like, I don't care what it takes whether it's getting rid of your laptop, getting rid of the data on your phone, getting rid of whatever, taking a different job so that you are not alone on the internet for 8 hours a day, 5 days a week, whether it's moving because, you know, you get triggered because you live next to the beach, like I don't care. There is nothing too drastic for you to do to get untangled from this particular sin.
0: Yeah, exactly. I always read that like when Jesus said that about the idea of like just the level of hate we should have for the thing that's causing our destruction that's and it's right. like the idea of like if somebody gave you a choice i can cut off your hand or i can shoot you in the head you can save your life but you lose your hand or you can die no one in their right mind is like you know what keep the hand just yeah. blow me away like it's like obviously exactly <laughs> like we always, we would all be like the hand is gone now and i'm i'm one-handed but the idea is like we won't apply that when it's like to our own sin yet the bible's crystal clear sexual sin leads to destruction yeah i can't remember the chapter but revelation says the kingdom of god will not be inherited by any of these people paul repeatedly says these people will not be in the kingdom of god yeah. and it's like obviously they're
1: sexually too. immoral are on all those lists exactly
0: right like and so the idea is like obviously we know that God renews and and some people will will struggle, but it's like putting to death to the sin. But those who like think I can lick it myself or whatever, you literally can't or else you would have. Be ruthless about it. And I think that takes, we said earlier, like it takes, you have, to, you have to literally hate it because if you hate it, you'll do anything to get rid of it. You know and, what I mean? Like, and
1: I think you have to view yourself. So understanding, again, understanding man's sexuality, let's say, right? So understanding that, when you are in the throes of lust, you are not thinking rationally. So you might right now be listening to this podcast and saying, yeah, you're right. I have to finally kick this habit. I have to finally stop this. But the next time that you're aroused, and that could happen because you're poking around the internet where you shouldn't, it could happen just because some Facebook friend of yours has an inappropriate profile picture, because most non-Christian girls do. And so Whatever it is, when you are in the throes of lust, you're not thinking properly, which is why you have to make decisions when you're thinking properly. Like Think of yourself as you're Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, right? And when you are Dr. Jekyll and thinking clearly, it's Dr. Jekyll who's thinking, yeah. Right. Um, when you are Dr. Jekyll and you are thinking clearly, you have to plot against Mr. Hyde. You have to plot against yourself. You have to put yourself in that mindset of when I'm not thinking correctly, what am I going to do? And you have to make it hard if not impossible for you to find what you're looking for even when you want it that's the point you have to you have to be self-aware enough to know that there will be a time when you are in the throes of lust and you want to open up that browser you want to get on so password protect you know accountability covenant eyes whatever it takes so go to war against Mr. Hyde right as Dr. Jekyll go to war against Mr. Hyde plan think about it Figure out if I wanted to, how hard can I make it for myself to find that? You know, surround it with razor wire and don't let yourself anywhere near those things. And so, put all of those boundaries in place.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's it's shocking to me that you didn't go with like the Hulk and Bruce Banner. Like, that's just, true. Like, that's like, true. I couldn't. Yeah. Like, that was the the yeah. analogy I would have. What I was just saying? Whatever. Um, but like, how often do we talk about you wage war against the sin? Nobody goes to war willy-nilly, like, like oh, I'm just going to charge this. Item. No, you plan it out. Like, yeah, it's a that's, battle. that's Luke like, 14, right? That's uh, the cost of a tower? Like, yeah, yeah,
1: well, yeah. And, and when he says, like, who with 10,000 soldiers doesn't plan out to see whether or not with those 10,000 he can take out the the person he's going to war with with 20,000, right? It,
0: exactly. So plan out how you defeat it. And it might be razor wire. Yeah. You know what I mean? It might be an alarm that sounds, that wakes up your family when you, like, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. One of the gentlemen I said, like, he was like, he had an excuse for every, and I was just like, okay, when, when the mood strikes, you call me because my voice will make you not want to do that. Like, and it's (laughs) like, you know what? It worked for a bit of time. And then I would say like, also recognize that like a lot of other sins go into you sinning in this way too. Like you said about like you have a job that you're sitting at a computer mm-hmm. for eight hours unchecked. Yep. Okay, well, that might be not something you can necessarily take care of, but you could set up a camera that records you. You yep. know what I mean? So your wife could watch that at any time or turn on the nanny cam or whatever. I'm just thinking out loud.
1: Yeah, Or work in a different part of the yeah. house, go Check. right in front of a window yeah, that doesn't have blinds on it. Like there's exa- so many exactly. things that you can do. There's nothing, again, there's nothing too drastic to overcome this sin.
0: Yeah, and I would say like, but most of the guys that I talk to about this, it's idleness late at night or yeah. before a shower or something like that. So like just make these things super difficult for you so that you can start conquering things, but recognize that your idleness is something that needs to be put to death too. Get too busy yeah. to do these things. Yeah. Make your hands not comfortable to touch because they're callous from work. <laughs> I'm just mean like oftentimes when people sin, not just in this area, like people who overeat. Well, one of the reasons they overeat is because they're bored. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're they're up late at night and they got yeah. nothing to do. So they eat. Some guys don't do X or workout or whatever because they like, I just want to play video games. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, well, all things in their position, but like you're allowing yourselves to be trapped by these things because of other mistakes you're making. The other thing is like ultimately a lot of, for the married men I'm talking to now specifically, not the single guys, I think that's a bit different, but stop being a coward because like Revelation also says that the cowardly don't get to the kingdom of God as well, which a lot of guys I think end up wanking at the porn all the time because... They're too afraid to just actually try to get their wife into bed. Too like,
1: lazy, too afraid of rejection, yeah. whatever. Don't, like, don't want to do the hard work. Whatever and like,
0: it is. I, you know, I'll, I, maybe somebody will tell me I'm wrong here, but I've never met a man who's had this problem who doesn't admit that the wife is better and feels better right. than the hand. Do the hard work to make that happen all the time. She'll like it and you'll like it and it'll be better for everybody. So, Healthy things are good things.
1: Paul says if you're burning with passion, then you you. ought to get married. There is something to be said that men are meant to be married and focus their sexual energy in one particular direction. Right, that's the whole point. Yeah, yeah. I'd never really thought about it before, but the two analogies that Jesus gives, eyes and hands, are literally the two things that, <laughs> like, the two things that are used for you know this particular sin. So you know, two thousand years ago, under the inspiration, there's some very practical uh, correlations there. But the last thing I would just say is you also have to have a vision for something better and greater. And I think that one of the things is recognizing that what makes men glorious is our strength it's the strength it's the mental strength that teaches and spreads theology it's the physical strength that builds houses and cities and civilization right it's the emotional strength that can be leaned on from a family and from more emotionally charged and more sensitive and more prone to ups and downs uh, our wives men's glory scripture says is their strength Women's glory is their beauty, but men's glory is their strength. And it's interesting, in Proverbs 7, verses 24 to 26, it says, And now, O sons, listen to me and be attentive to the words of my mouth. Let not your heart turn aside to her. This is speaking of the temptress woman. Let not your heart be turned aside to her ways. Do not stray to her paths. For many a victim has she laid low, and all her slain are a mighty throng. Right? In other words, she has put down many strong men. And the book of Proverbs ends with this exhortation, my sons, do not give your strength to women. One of the things that we do when we are subdued by pornography is that we've given our strength to women. We've given away that which God says is our glory. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever wondered why there is such an overwhelming Amount of pornographic material in our world. It's because the enemy has worked in overtime to enslave many Christian men to this particular sin. And the reason he has done that is because there's nothing more threatening to the kingdom of God than the strength of men. And the strength of men pointed at cultivating a sexual union with a wife is fruitful, right? Obviously, it creates more children. And The strength of men being subdued by the love of a woman is actually what creates family, which is what creates culture. And so the whole idea of of pornography and the reason why the enemy is so obsessed with getting men enslaved to pornography is because when you can subdue the strength of godly men, then there is no one left to battle the dragons. There's no one left to build the civilizations. There's no one left to build Christendom. And so when you are addicted to pornography, you are literally letting the enemy take away the greatest asset that the kingdom of God has for its growth, its expansion, and its conquering of the nations.
0: That was hot fire at the end there.
1: There you go. Uh, So,
0: This is early, but we should wrap up right there.
1: All right, let's do it. If you have any questions, reach out to us. RebelPodcastFLF at gmail.com is our email address. We would love to be praying for you by name. We won't put your name on the podcast, but we would love to be praying for you. And we hope that God would use this to help unentangle you from this particular sin.
0: I will add one more thing. Go for it. Just to tie into our episode last week when we talked about like share the story. So for men who have overcome the sin, stop being ashamed of it. Yeah, start telling, start telling people. So, cause like, I think one of the big problems with this in is there, I think there's two big problems with it. One is that it stays in the dark and like mushrooms, if you keep something in the dark, it grows. Um, so bring it that to was, the light. Yeah. Uh, the are part. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so,
1: well, yeah, no, that's, uh, cause like mushrooms, it grows best in dark and when you feed it crap. Yeah. Right. When you feed it <laughs> yeah. crap,
0: it grows in the dark the other thing I think that keeps so many men trapped in this is that it, it does feel hopeless for these guys who are in it because yeah. they don't hear of men who have overcome the problem. So they yeah. don't actually see the better story that you're talking about. They don't see the victory that can be had through the spirit of God yeah. in this area. Like you said, the urge feels so strong for some of these guys that they literally feel like they can't control it. And it's like, yeah. obviously they can, but like in the moment they don't feel like they can. So older men and, and some men who have overcome this problem, share here's how i did it here's the thing so that so that men can imitate a guy who's overcome this problem and can recognize i too can have that victory so do that
1: yeah it's good stuff all right we'll be back next week